Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Gym Owners Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about uh, coaches, fitness coaches, strength coaches, whatever it is out there that are not medical professionals, fucking around in the world and using terms and speaking like they are going to be medical professionals. I'll fix my camera in a minute, John. Uh, crossing into the realm, maybe like not understanding the boundaries of your profession and what the risks that come with that. Also, what you really look like to people that don't already have your trust. So we're going to talk about the pros and cons of learning, maybe like reaching a little bit outside the traditional boundaries when people think of a personal trainer and where it is when you've gone too far and you've completely jumped ship. So John, I'm going to fix my camera here. Will you take this the rest of the way? Take the intro. Thank you. Absolutely. You can follow Tyler on Instagram at Tyler F and Stone. That's Tyler E-F-F-I-N Stone. You can follow me on Instagram at JBanksFL and follow the show at The Gym Owners Podcast. Also, get into the Facebook group. You can join the Gym Owners Revolution Facebook group. The link is in the description for the episode below. Let's get started. All right, guys. Look at that. Nicely done. Bravo. So this was a subject that we got sent to us from someone who we work with who has a business that is also – that is a physical therapy. It's a physical therapist, has a f- like multiple locations, and then also has multiple locations attached to that business that is also a fitness center, right? Yeah. There's personal training that goes on in that facility. There's also what I would describe – I don't know how to describe it – prescribed physical therapy as well that goes Definitely. on. Yep. Uh, and so you have people with a lengthy educational background and maybe a more hot, I don't know, I'd say highly specific um, types of training that's going on inside on the physical therapy side. Um, I do think the physical therapy thing very often leads itself to, oh, that's what we're looking for, pathology, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, we're, we're in there to solve a problem, right? I don't, I don't know if too many people that work in physical therapy that are doing things long-term or going to a physical therapist for things like weight loss or general exercise or things like that. No way. So, it, it, very it, often. It, yeah. Cause this is an insurance. It's an insurance thing much like correct. most of the time it is. Um, but he's noticed a trend that of course, John and I have had a front seat from a lot of schmucks playing this game. The trend that's out there now is every, per, every physical, not physical, the personal trainer out there or coach, mm-hmm. CrossFit coach, fitness coach, health coach, strength coach out there now, all of a sudden, because they're good at that little bit of the human body, moving, strength training, whatever, they start to fucking blur those lines, right? And and they start to speak on things that I think maybe they get out of their depth really, really fucking quickly. And mm-hmm. the problem is, by the way, let's go to uh, just a hypothetical example here. The problem I have with this is that if I have a bad shoulder, right? Now, it's important to me that if I'm going to hire just a personal trainer, that I have a personal trainer who just understands how not to make it worse. Right. How can I exercise that's not going to make it worse? Or even better, if I'm not injured at all, I think for a personal trainer or a coach to know how my shoulder works and know how I can move safely, Mm -hmm. that is going to prevent me from injuring myself via my exercise, right? And I think that's where that's where these coaches start off with their hearts in the right place. Cause it started off at least for me and the, a lot of the people that we were involved with, John, it started off with a lot of people who were training in CrossFit were having lots of these injuries. So it starts as, Hey, here's some different priorities that we should do in either scaling workouts or how we warm up. And, and also like how we really are, do we really need to be using some of these exercises this way that we're able to create a system where people can say get the benefits of some sort of training like CrossFit, powerlifting, bodybuilding style training, while avoiding some of these injuries that then create setbacks for their training. And in doing so, we learn a fair about a fair amount of how to do that, right? At least like, you know, I don't want you doing kipping pull-ups here. You can do this instead. We can get these same results without injuring your shoulder. So injury prevention, I think, yeah. is a line. Right. It's a line that we're okay. We're okay to cross into. I think the other side of that, though, is where it gets real fucking lame. But I, because but, people come in and they go, like, I I have a bad shoulder, and they go, perfect. Mm-hmm. I'll just get this guy with abs who just fucking took a couple weekend seminars and just reads whatever shit online and has been coaching for a couple of years. And I'm just gonna have him what prescribe what I need to do to fix it. Mm-hmm. And even if, even if they're right. 
you're making claims that are legally going to really fuck you <laughs> like really, really, really bad. And that's the thing that's been going on a lot, John. We've been talking about this in other spaces that like the world of your marketing, your online marketing, what you say, the promises you make right now, yep. the fitness profession is going to be in for a reckoning. Oh, yeah. And at some point, we actually have to start becoming legally accountable for the claims that we're making and whether or not we've accomplished them or not, or whether we are legally allowed to. That's just uh, on this subject. That's on weight loss. That's on results. That's on for everything. So it's a slippery slope, though, right? For like, sure. because it is, if you don't give a shit and you're not really making an effort to like be better, you're probably not going to fall into a, the fall into a slippery slope of like, now you're kind of a WebMD expert, or you do go now seek out a, a conference or a seminar or some type of an event that you start to hear like, oh, this is going to help us be able to fix hurt shoulders or be able, cause you, cause now you start getting around where the more you dig, um, the more dangerous it becomes that you're like digging your own grave professionally. Yeah. And that is where I think where certainly where you and I came from was a world where people were seeing that their adherence to a training methodology, right? Where it was, no, it's CrossFit. And this was the good old days of like, if you don't get rhabdo, you're a pussy. And yeah. you need to kip every day and you need to max snatch every fucking day. Like all these things were these mistakes. <laughs> and it was kind of for the first time people being like, maybe we should bicep curl and bench press and do some basic shit. Right. And have some structure. Right. Yeah. Let's <laughs> just build a little structure before we start ripping our limbs off here. And, and that was kind of where that's where you start. And the problem is, is that if you continue down that rabbit hole and you're not respectful of where the personal trainer lane begins, but most importantly, where the personal trainer lane ends yeah. and then where people that have done more than a weekend seminar or done more than a weekend certification program to where now you're starting to venture into like healing or diagnosing. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of where it's, big difference between a movement assessment so you can better understand how somebody is moving in order to train them better and know how you need to scaffold training methodologies or movements to then your movement assessment is now that you're somehow a wizard or a fucking doctor yeah and these movement assessments john that's a thing that we have we've worked with gyms that we they had them do it for everybody that came in right yeah. but this was a movement assessment always done in the context of their goals Correct. So if you want to lose 20 pounds, this is an assessment of how you move. This, this is how we build the plan. And it's, it's really you walking them through what their actual plan is going to be for them to usually lose weight or get to this level of performance. Not I'm coming in and so that you can just get this. Is, this turns into the same issue when somebody comes in and has a, a regular silly little injury and the doctor gives them a diagnosis and the person can, oh, finally, I can just lean on that diagnosis and use that as my excuse for failure. So many of these movement assessments that I've seen people go through, someone just comes in and goes, oh, I'm trying to train. It's never in the context of their goals. It's just like, here's my athletic history. My shoulder hurts. My knee kind of has a thing. And then all they try to do is make everything about that. So we just zoom in and zoom in and zoom in and zoom in on that. And it's like, hey, I don't fucking know that that's necessarily your department. And frankly, it's a waste of fucking time. <laughs> it's, it's just not fucking useful. And it's going to get you sued at some point if you continue to do it further and further and further and further along. What ends up happening with this stuff, though, is then people come in and they go, perfect. Now I can make this about your shoulder. So instead of a movement assessment to make sure a person like, what are you fitnessing for? Are you fitnessing for your shoulder? No. So like, I want to stay in shape. I want to do all these things, but my shoulder hurts. So I can't. So perfect. Well, let's find a way. This is the issue. We always run right at it. And it's like a lot of the times is how about let's find a way to keep you in shape and leave this fucking shoulder alone for a while. Work like around. Never, never from these fucking people who are yeah. the personal trainer fucking wizards when they come in with their movement assessments and shit. It's all just a scam to get you dependent on them and their wizardry. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, I showed you one trick so you didn't have pain for 10 fucking seconds. Okay. But you know what else would help? Maybe like three months of rest. You know what happens after you have shoulder surgery? Like a simple rotator cuff surgery? It's like five, six months of not doing anything with that arm. 
like literally little tiny little rehab movements. You know, this is these are long, long recoveries that frankly, if someone comes in and has an injured shoulder, I'm more inclined to just be like, let's get whatever work we can do around it. Oh, we have to not want to address it. Anything I'm going to do, all, all my only concern is, does this give you pain or not? And that's it. It's not trying to fix your shoulder. I'm going to just not grind it up any further while we try to get you fucking jacked, dude. What? Let's let's just stick, stay right in my lane here. You want to mm-hmm. lose weight, but you don't want to exercise because your knee hurts? Perfect. We can get you fit without ha- me needing to pretend like I can fucking heal your knee. Okay? I can get you fit despite the fact that you may have a knee injury. That's the thing. It's not that I'm going to fix your knee injury. And that's the fucking line that a lot of these people run into. And I, John, I know exactly how they cross into this. Okay. Hmm. Because the personal trainer coach, fitness coach, that, that line of work is such a low barrier to entry. There's a lot of people that are bad at it. And there's a lot of people that force clients through a methodology and that's it. They just conform the client to the methodology until, and sometimes there's, what's the word? Uh, sometimes there's some attrition. Some people get a little beat up, right? It just happens. And so what happens then is being a coach who's ethical and who does give a shit, who doesn't do that. Very often you end up with clients who, or people will tell you, oh, I went to this CrossFit gym and I hurt yeah. my shoulder. Or I was training in there and I hurt my back. And they come to you because you're just the next place, right? And they're not... They're not necessarily there to fix their fucking back. And if your marketing is to fix their back or shoulder, good luck in court. Just give it long enough, long, long enough timeline that'll blow up in your face. But mm-hmm. what's going to happen is someone comes to me and I'm not claiming I can fix their shoulder. This is the thing that people miss. You hurt your shoulder at the other gym. You want to come train with me. I don't say I can fix your shoulder. I can train you without hurting your shoulder. Like we can yeah. still get in shape without your shoulder hurting. I'm not in the fucking repair business, bro. I'm just not it. That's just not it. Now, I'm not a big fan of running to the doctor for every little problem either. I think that rest and some a little bit of range of motion and stuff is that's where I'd start. Okay. As a guy who had some pretty major injuries over the last couple of years that I kind of handled myself, but that's the policies. Stay in a pocket where there is no pain. Mm-hmm. And we just try to accomplish my regular day-to-day goals. Okay. And then once there's an issue that I can't, that is not just improving, then yes, I'll go and get the fucking thing looked at. But these people come in. Because you should be able to train people in a way that does not aggravate an injury. You can train people in a way that will work around an injury. And you should be able to get people fit, whether they got fucking no legs, whether they got a bad shoulder, whether their face is ugly, whether they're overweight, whether they're skinny, whether they got a hip thing or a back thing. We don't need to run right at those problems. And again, once you start to shine such a light on those problems, People latch onto that anyways. It becomes not only their whole identity, it becomes the identity of their training. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I've noticed the most as a person who has maybe more concern even for my, because I know my, I got two clients got bad shoulders. I train them together, right? And be, when I allow every exercise we do to, I try to be like, hey, how's that feel on the shoulder? Because every time, if this is weird on the shoulder, let's just go the other way. Let's do, I'm, we're just working around it. Like over a long enough timeline, it is improving and they're able to accomplish their fitness goals without it. But when I am, if I can tell when I'm like too frequently over the course of a month or two, being like, how is that on the shoulder? Is that good? Like that the shoulder is my main concern, even though there's no problems. Right. They start to upset a lot of things about the shoulder. Yep. Whereas what they kind of want to do is there's these coaches that do that stuff too much. They're usually people that never played any real fucking sports and were never any good athletes, frankly, themselves. Mm-hmm. Because you were never just like my football coach, if my knee was fucked up or my elbow was fucked up or my back was fucked up, it wasn't a matter of like, oh, well, let's, uh, you know, Let's just make sure that every single thing we do is about this tiny little thing that's slowing you down a little bit. No, it's okay. Can you uh, uh-huh. just fucking power through this and not be such a pussy? Could and you just not be a bitch? Yeah. Or not? yeah. If this <laughs> yeah. is going to slow you down, that's fine. By the way, if this is going to make you not useful, me, fine. Then you're just going to go away Over and there. that's not mm-hmm. a problem. Right. But like, if you still want in, that's, that's the way it goes. And and I think that's the line where people miss those. I think being a better coach, we want to not hurt people. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of coaches that get people hurt because they're fucking stupid. Okay. Yeah. 
And the problem is, is there's a difference between not hurting people and get making the, having them make progress and healing, being the healing expert. Come and lay on your back. Let me put my hands on you. Or not, or just hover my hands over your your eyes. Close your eyes. Push your hands together. Like you're praying to me. Do this. The amount of times we've had to do, we'd have to do this shit at seminars where we're doing like that type of stuff. And I got to see, I, we'd bring in photographers and I have to tell photographers, stop taking pictures of people laying on their backs, fucking warming up their fucking low abs. Cause it's the least interesting fucking thing you're ever visually, you're ever going to see. And it makes this whole thing look like a fucking cult. Good well, exercise, yeah. good warm up trailer, not whatever. Also guys, fact of the matter is the people preaching that type of the stuff never once in many of my years with them in person, did I ever see them doing that types of stuff themselves? Not even once, not before training, not during training, not after. So don't pretend like that's the shit. This is all some fucking wicked little guru shit, dude. And you got to cut it out. So just know that very often the people that are, that you're learning it from when you're falling into those traps, I've already fallen into that trap. They've already completely jumped the shit. They're smelling their own dude what most coaches i've ran into it you've ran into it i think most of us that are going to listen you're going to have a a certain path where you do meet people whether they're going to be an athlete that's playing a sport or be an average person that like i know for for example like my father-in-law right never worked out a day in his life i'm talking like steel meal guy like hot dog stand owning like from chicago like it's we don't work out. It's like not on the menu. We're going to be 350 yeah. pounds until we die. And like, that's, that's what we're going to do. Die but huge. it wasn't until he had to, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, No, it's a die huge. Yeah, Go-bye. exactly. Right. And it's like, it just is, that is what it is. And we're not, and, and it, going to a gym was just like, I'm not going to go do that. Yeah. And, but until he needed me, like he had to get a new knee. It's what happens, right? If you're going to be 70 years old, 350 pounds, you're going to get some new, like new fucking bones. They're going to get installed. So he has to get a new knee and he goes to gets the new knee. And then what's the next thing he does? Once he gets his knee replacement done, he then goes for the very first time, goes to PT. So he's with the physical therapist now for, you know, twice a week for whatever it was, his insurance would cover right for six weeks. And then because of the network of this physical therapist, it was, Hey, we would strongly recommend that you continue to be able to strengthen and do these things in the gym. And in fact, Hey, there's silver sneakers or whatever that makes it affordable for you, whatever. So for the first time in my father-in-law's life, he is now working out in a gym, but, and I think that that rhythm and that like client journey that somebody goes on from normal life to injury, to PT, to now showing up on your doorstep. Now, because that physical therapist had a good relationship with the performance or the fitness side or the personal training side of the business, they get to work in tandem. Yep. And I think that this is one of the biggest gaps right now that I think really good coaches and good gym owners and good trainers may be missing by a- accidentally omitting that step, which <sighs> is the idea that you are collaborating with people that should be the professional, that should be the person that is the expert. And that's where you actually don't have to feel like you're inferior or feel like you're overstepping because you can clearly say, hey, this is the boundary. This is the line. And I have a good relationship with a PT or I have a good relationship with a personal trainer. Because guess what? Physical therapists suck a dick at being a personal trainer. Yeah, I don't see any of them. I just don't see a lot of them out there getting people jacked and getting people strong and getting people to lose 100 pounds. Those are not things that happen very often. It's not their job. It's it's not. And and what I'm saying is there's there's a narrow space with which because of the way the medical system is structured that they're required to work with him, right? That's just it. That relationship has a fixed timeline usually. And very often only is allowed to progress them for so far. For like, sorry, if I could, if I had someone that needed to lose a hundred pounds, John, and they came to me and I could only get them to lose the first 20, mm-hmm. they can learn some things and then I can send them on their way and hopefully it goes. That's great. But they got a much higher chance of success and seeing it all the way through if there's, they see me two or three times a week. Right. That's the reality of it. Right. The reality. Absolutely. And, and I think that just inherently in the physical therapy, the insurance model that there is always going to be that gap and that is the way that it is okay and 
for the coaches out there though, if you are saying that you're out here able to fix things, I'm out here fixing knees. I fixed his shoulder. I fixed the elbow. I fixed this stuff. Using those words, it's going to be very difficult for someone who is a personal trainer who, by the way, the surgeon fixed the fucking elbow. The surgeon fixed the shoulder. It wasn't you pointing out the fact that they got molested when they were kids or whatever. This Some of that silly, every dork out there who reads the body keeps the fucking score, keeps the score. That yeah. book all of a sudden is some fucking dipshit expert on emotions and and how the body handles it all and it just turns into the most pseudoscience stupid shit i've ever fucking heard in my life swim very far away okay so what happens here though is these by preaching like you're fixing these things okay you're now not getting the opportunity to get a good handoff Because you sound like a fucking idiot to people that know. There's a bit of that, was it Dunning-Kruger effect, right? Where it's like, you only know a little bit, so you think you know everything. Because you only think think that's all there is to know. Mm -hmm. And then when someone who knows more than you realize knows how little you fucking know to be making claims like this, you're never going to be respected as a professional, let alone as somebody who they would hand off clients, who they understand the limitations of their relationship with. I'd be willing to bet they would love to be able to hand someone off to someone. And by the way, give like, here's a plan. Here's some of the benchmarks that I would like them to get beyond before we are to not only address the injury directly, but also to address the person as a whole now, because we can address the shoulder. By the way, you go to piece to a PT with your shoulder post-surgery. And you're going to be doing a lot of shoulder-related things. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get abs. You're not going to squat. Okay, You're not going to do cardio. You're not going to do anything else other than that with your PT, right? We are addressing this issue, this singular issue with them. And so once somebody gets handed over, it's perfect. Now I want you to be healthy. And I want you to be with somebody who I trust is, first off, not going to hurt you because he's not mm-hmm. one of those bad ones. And second, isn't so chock full of fucking hubris. Right. That they think that fucking that they're just that they'll just wing it with this whole plan here and they got it. They got it under control. I know shoulders, buddy. It's I like, YouTube. Oh, I YouTube it over the Your weekend. successes as a person who's you're not fixing people who hurt their shoulders from doing kipping pull-ups and just over too much snatching and overhead squats and shit with CrossFit. You're not fixing them when they come to you and they don't have shoulder pain anymore. You're just not having them do the shit that hurt it. Right. Okay. That's the fucking line. So for those of you out there, like there's great partnerships to be had. If you yeah. stay in your fucking lane and go to a PT and say with your fucking hat in your hand, like, hey, if you got people like I'm, I tr- try very hard to not be hurting my people. I train. So I very much take a risk versus reward approach. I'd love to get your input on the clients as they, as you hand them off. Like I would love to mm-hmm. build this relationship, but because so many trainers fail to do that, that's why. John, the gym that we work with directly, that's why they got two locations where they just do it themselves. Correct. Built it all. It's all in-house. We have our own personal trainers. We have our own system. We have our own physical therapist. Some of our PTs then get to moonlight and do some personal training as well because mm-hmm. like who the fuck else is out there? Okay. Well, because you're not. The and- same people that hurt them before they got in? That's who we're going to send them to? And I think that that's the preventative stuff is where it's. I always wonder from a personal training perspective or from a gym's perspective where we we've established, right. That it, it could be for a good nature. Either you're, you are, you're making a mistake by being ignorant to where somebody says they just got their cast off and they're working with a physical therapist. And now they're also want to come to you because they want to be able to do supplemental stuff. If you're not then reaching out to who the physical therapist is yeah. immediately and being like, Hey, yo, where's this person at? Because if you are taking, an app, <laughs> Tyler, as an athlete, right? As former athletes, did you ever lie to how you felt to your coaches? Always. It was mandatory. Always. Unless you wanted to lose your fucking spot. It was, There's how's two, your hand? There's two directions I lied. One was when I was hurt that I was feeling better. And the other right. was when I was feeling fine and I didn't want to do stuff. And I'd be able to it. Right. So it works. <laughs> so you cannot, right? You cannot have it be a thing to where you are going to all of a sudden trust that an athlete is telling you the truth or trust that their parents, God forbid, sometimes you get parents where you have like enough where you either can have moms that are way too nervous about their baby 
or you have dads that are way too hard nosed and are like, he's just being a pussy and he's rubbed dirt on it. It's like, all right, there's a fine line, right? Like what does, what does the person, what does the, the physical therapist say? What does the, the orthopedic surgeon say? Like if you get that information, can you still, like, could you still work with that client? Of, of course, but man, you're going to, so there you have all the way to that angle, which is ignorance. We're like, Oh, well, fuck. I don't know if I've thought about that step because guess what? Leads, baby leads, leads, leads. You finally got a lead. You got somebody through the door. They're ready to pay you money. What are you going to tell them? No, like absolutely not. And so you may make that mistake, but you have all the way to the other end of the spectrum, which is you are overstepping. And this is what I'm wondering out loud is our gyms and personal trainers. Are you so hard up to get a lead that once you do get someone that's there, that maybe does have shit that is wrong with their shoulder. It is not going to get better unless they go to some get surgery, go see a physical therapist for a little bit. Are you so scarcity mindset? Like, is that so rooted deep in your brain that if this person leaves, they don't come back. So now you try to become like the Jack of all trades, but master of none. Yeah. You're taking advantage of someone's trust. And that is ultimately what's happening. Because people that don't know what the real difference is between a personal trainer and a physical therapist, they just know that you're a lot cheaper and I don't have to go through insurance or whatever it is. Here's, here's the issue with that, though. Most people do. That's the problem. These people making these claims at, at the fundamental level, their business level, right. these, these personal trainers that are doing this, their businesses fucking suck. Let's be honest. You ever seen one that's really swimming in the money? John, of all the ones that we know that have gone through all that, you ever seen any that are really killing it? No. No. No people making the money are the people teaching you to fucking do that. That's it, buddy. So you got to remember that, that like none of those gyms are actually successful that are really making this about their thing. They're not killing it. They're barely surviving at best. What you're doing here is embarrassing yourself in front of everybody. You're basically just going through like, I'm as smart as a doctor. I know all the stuff because I've never had a real job. Fuck off. It's not true. It's just not true that you know all that stuff. So, but knowing where that line is, I think that that's, I think that that's what is important because if the surgeon and the diagnosing doctor, they're there to diagnose and repair the injury, right? Right. Okay. Your PT is there to kind of help rebuild and recover from whatever we did to heal the injury, right? Whether it was surgery or whether it was time off, whatever it is, we're going to rebuild a little bit of structure right there on the injury then who's going to help that person still be a healthy person, help them get in shape despite that injury after the fact that should be you mm-hmm. as a personal trainer, but because you're fucking pissing on other people's territory too much, everybody else looks at you and goes, this guy's a fucking idiot. Like I'm not going to like, if all your stuff, this is the biggest thing when you're marketing about getting people out of pain, that's not the fucking results that people are going to just some idiot with abs for. Well, we and we've said that for years, right? Like, it's who the fuck are you talking to? Yeah, who are you talking to? You're just like, trying to tell your other coach friends and the other people in your silly little coaching group that, like, see, look, I'm out here doing the thing. It's like, no, you're not actually, because nobody responds to those ads. You get one or two, you get one or two people a year that might bite on that. But great, congratulations. But you could get a whole bunch of people that actually have shoulder stuff, knee stuff, back stuff, and you could really help them and make a difference by staying in your lane getting them in the handoff and then doing a good job from there. But instead you just embarrass yourself publicly by talking like that. It's, it's, it's embarrassing to watch from a distance. And I know we've talked to medical professionals about this stuff and they're like, yeah, most of these motherfuckers are one lawsuit away from losing everything. Yeah. Frankly. So, and that's the truth. You know, there there ain't no malpractice insurance on your fucking business. There ain't no laws protecting you from malpractice, buddy. So you're going to need a whole plate of shit if the promises you're making you can't keep. And this is where the line gets really funny. These dorks start dabbling in mental health. I'm going to fix your anxiety. I'm going to get you off your anxiety meds. Okay. Kid kills themselves. See how that goes, buddy. See how that Mm -hmm. goes, buddy. Fucking dumb. Dude, it's it's crazy. Again, there's a – the the hubris – in some of these people is fucking insane. And it comes with the territory. 
Because there are people, this is, we talked about this on another show, a lot of like male personal trainers, it's just hot guy syndrome. Yeah. It really is. It's just like, I've just been a hot guy. I can fucking say whatever I want. I just say, I got abs, I've been abs, and I come in, I do my abs stuff. I work out in my gym, I stay jacked. I, you know, everything's, this is, this is also why you can't always trust people who have just always been fit either. You know what I'm saying? Like some of them is like, oh no, you're just not good at anything else. Mm -hmm. so you just do this because it's just the only thing you can do. Well, fine. That's okay. You know, I know some guys that the only thing they can do is work at a factory and they work at a factory. There's nothing wrong with that. But let's not pretend like they're the best there, there ever fucking was here. Right. So, but the, to start dipping your toes in that and start making those claims about anxiety, mental health, depression. Obviously, guys, do you know what the cure, you know, you know what a good cure is for anxiety, depression? You know what will help your mental health? Exercising. Mm hmm there is fundamental benefits of exercising and getting stronger and making progress and eating better and having discipline and chalking up, stacking up wins every day instead of depressing losses and procrastination and, and shame of not doing things and all this stuff. That is the real benefit of mental health. There is absolutely insane. I, I believe still that I, for, uh, is it anxiety or depression? I think it was anxiety. No, it was depression. Yeah. It was like antidepressants. Was that just like a couple hours a week of exercise, like statistically speaking, is better for long term, is more impactful for reducing depression syndrome or depression sure. syndrome, right? It just is versus the medication versus prescription intervention. It is better. Okay. And the idea of community, right? The idea of having just, like, so this is the thing, right? It's not a one thing, but to go out and say, I, will help you fix your depression. It's like, no, just exercise because it's fucking good for you and you'll feel better, buddy. Quit running right at the thing. Do you have anxiety? Would you like to just, do you think your anxiety will get better if we make another three hours a week about your anxiety only? No, just come in and exercise, do something else, get some wins and feel better. These people miss it by going by going straight at it. It's just, uh, they're just a fucking hammer looking for a nail. And it sucks. And it opens you up again for me. It is the way I, the only way that I can look at it is that you're preying on people that are the most vulnerable. Yes. At the end it's of the predatory. day, if you're right, it, it is predatory. Because and people teaching you guys these things, you coaches out there, they are also predatory. Yeah. Because you just care. That's it. You just want to be good at your job. You just want to help the people, most of you. Some of you out there, it's to feed your own fucking ego. It's part of your own little God complex. But the people that are teaching you this stuff, it's predatory because you just care. You're like, how can I help these people better? Oh, cool. You mean I can make the people that I work with feel better? If they're sad, I can make them feel better. If they're hurt, I can make them not be in pain. That sounds great. And so the people are preying on that and getting you to buy their shit and fucking do all their things and make all your training stuff about what they do now. Mm -hmm. And there you go. You're just selling somebody else's jockstrap. And can we please talk about that this is just the modern day equivalent or non-college equivalent of just staying in one master's degree to another master's degree yeah. to a doctorate degree just to be able to postpone paying back student loans? Like yeah. you are hiding the constant desire and the constant need to just more. I need more education, more continuing education. I need to learn more. Oh, this is something that's interesting. I'm going to learn, learn, learn. It's like, you are high. if you own a gym, like it. There is there is a moment where you are hiding from what you should be doing to like actually be able to be successful. Yeah, and so, and so it's gym, you should right. be focused on your gym, getting more clients, making more money, growing, getting more staff, so that eventually your genius way that you train and coach people can actually have an impact in your community. But instead, a lot of these coaches are have businesses that are barely surviving, barely. And they're just sinking money into learning more fucking wizardry. It's like, okay, well, that doesn't help you. It doesn't help your people. It doesn't really help anything. In the end, it's going to cost you everything. You should be focused on the things that are really going to help you grow. And this, it's, I said it before, it's just a distraction. You're just distracting yourself from the fact that your business is a failure and that your family, you're barely able to feed your family. Because post 2020, does everybody have appear to have fucking anxiety and depression or whatever the fuck? Probably. Okay, sure. So you see that. So is the idea then as a gym owner and as a personal trainer, you're noticing that your clients, you care about them and they all are having mental shit now. So obviously 
logically, Tyler, the answer is I need to go back to school and become a fucking psychiatrist or psychologist. No, God damn it. The, the most logical answer is you then find somebody that's in your local community that can then join your fucking ecosystem and referral and be able to say, hey, you're a mental health professional. You've already done the thing. You already are, have good reviews and people have referred to you to be like, I have people that need help too. Yeah. And that is, but it is being honest with your fucking self that it's, I know where my limitations are. And I'm now stop there. And then I can hand those people off to mental health professionals or get, you can go get a certification on nutrition. You can do that. Right. And that's great. But there's also fucking nutritionists as well, right? Like it's, it, there's an area where you can, you well, can short, shortcut a lot of these things. Yes. And I believe fully like as a coach, like I should be teaching nutrition to my clients, but there's a line where to scale, maybe I don't want to, or maybe simply for legitimacy, right? I'm 300 pounds with abs, but I'm chock full of testosterone. Okay. Yeah. I'm a strongman competitor. So there's a lot of things that if someone who's, you know, just wants to lose a little bit of weight or a, a lean person wants to get leaner, maybe they don't. They're just inherently not inclined to trust me, right. right? In that regard, that's fine. By the way, if if I if someone comes in and wants to gain mass, they're probably going to take my word one hundred percent of the way, right? Very likely. And even though I'm capable of taking lots of people to lots of different goals, I don't fault somebody for seeing someone my size and what I do in my training and go, oh well, that's not the guy I want to go to if I want to get get my beach body for my bikini this summer, right? Get it. So simply a, a, a like a registered dietitian or a nutritionist now, all of a sudden that person though, probably the initial impression from the public, what are they going to have about that person? I can probably trust them for whatever I want to do. I want to gain a little muscle there that you, you guys are trying to manufacture trust where there is none when you're doing this stuff versus if you partner with someone who the perception is that they are an expert let them just be the expert. You just do the partnership thing. It's so much easier to do this. And I think that like now we sit in a spot where there's so much other shit out there. Like I have a client who has it's a student whose parents, one of the parents sends this person to some fucking fascia guru shit. So it's oh, like, okay. yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's whatever. I don't think it's all fucking woo. Whatever I go, if you, if I go to a thing and I feel better when I'm done, then fine, we're good. Like, but I don't do that stuff all the time for no fucking reason. Right. Right. And so once I have to go to a thing and then I have to go and, and then I go to it three days a week forever and I'm not getting results. This is just maintenance. Well, now I think. A little chiropractic I action. I think you're, you're, you're doing bad chiropractic business, right? Yeah. Chiropractic business. You're doing shady chiropractic business. And that's kind of what was going on here. And the husband came to me and was like, it's like, oh, fucking she sent him to it one time. And sure enough, after two weeks, he's like, oh, it's a real good thing we got in here. Cause man, his knee is going to be a whole thing. It's like, and then they send the kid, the other kid in their daughter in. It's the same deal that it's like, oh my goodness. Yeah. She was going to be a whole real mess. And it's like, no, this is a growing person. This person's 14 years old and is a beanpole. We've been fixing his skinny for about a year. So we've been out gaining, fortunately, the height growth so that this person isn't just fucking all elbows and fucking uncoordinated. This is a coordinated yeah. athletic young man who is now relatively strong for his size and continuing to grow. Um, but that is just... That's what you guys are like when you're making these claims. But because you're doing that stuff now, I want to be able to tell this person, this client, that I think that is bullshit that they're going to do, right? And that his knees and all that stuff would be much better served if he just got a little stronger and we did things that wouldn't hurt. Because by the way, he's never had any knee pain, not even for a moment. So it's not a knee pain thing. This person just invented a knee problem. Sure. Does that sound familiar? You assessment people? Oh, look at this. There's a movement imbalance that... The client never even knew they had. Well, then it's not that big of a fucking problem, is it? Right? If he never noticed it, it wasn't a fucking problem. And so, like, we want to be the expert who can tell them, like, hey, this is probably bullshit. And you're paying this person as much money as you are me. <laughs> right? Right. Um, so there, the problem is, is there's a lot of other things out there disguising themselves as medicine and disguising themselves as real experts that I get it. We want to position ourselves as better than that. 
but there's a line. And where is that line? The line is, I don't think you need fucking crystals for your fucking shoulder. No? I think that's the case. I guess I don't know. Well, quartz alignment on the chakra, Tyler, you haven't heard about the effectiveness that has to muscle gain. As As soon as people who are fucking, as far as I'm concerned, are relatively physically weak and uninteresting, start talking about chakras, I'm out. Like you better I mean, be like fucking the real deal. But if you, if you start incorporating chakras into your fitness methodology, I'm fucking out, dude. Go for how, it. Go for it. But how fucking narrow of a market are you dealing with now? Tyler, do you know how awesome it would be, though, to have like a bun- like a, a witch's coven that you just get that's jacked? That's true. Just a bunch of just fucking jacked witches that are like chakras and burning sage and shit. So this is, I guess this this episode is me just really bitching about a bunch of people that we've known over the years that do this type of stuff. But I've seen it. I've seen this firsthand is what I'm trying to say here. It's not like I witnessed this from a distance. Like a lot of you guys are sometimes see it. We had probably like 80% of the people that we worked with with this organization were essentially getting like run into shit like this or at least interpreting it as that. And it's like, man, this whole thing that we were getting into started as just that, like, hey, that people are using a training methodology in a way that's hurting people. Here's how we fill in some of those gaps. And here's the lenses that we use to view that training and how we maybe would tweak a few things to make sure that mm-hmm. you still get the benefits of this training without getting hurt. Mm-hmm. So it's not even training to prevent injuries. It's training Correct. in a way that is made to not get you hurt while you're training. So we can open up the door for you to continue to make progress for whatever it is you're there for performance, fitness, weight loss, whatever. And then we just watch them all turn into total f- about everything. Did you hear that beep? I did hear the beep. Yeah, I, made sure to, I made sure to uh-huh. censor myself because also sometimes mm-hmm. the beeps don't go through unless I have this set up right. I didn't actually say the word, guys, but it's funny. Uh, no, but they turn into total dorks about it. They just do. Yes. And, it, and it gets super lame. And I watched – and I, you also watch an organization like that that has a bunch of like – real people in the beginning by the time we popped in like who were like oh yeah i get this this all makes sense devolve mm-hmm. into just a bunch of dogmatic weirdos it's just like it's crazy it's and we crazy. saw and we saw that from all the way over there right yep. in the corner of the universe that we existed and the fact is that this episode comes about because the exact problem is being seen and felt in a totally another corner of the market so that tells us right it's zero that- crossover by the way this these complaints that we're getting from these has there's zero crossover into these circles that we're talking john and i are talking about so like this is a this is a formula that's being used out there because frankly it's more compelling on social media to talk about that type of stuff about if you're interested in fitness i don't need to see more ways to do lat pull down or anything like this so if there's a new angle on it's in a new thing like yeah it's going to get some eyes from the dorks who are fitness dorks correct but trust me your clients are not that so they don't care and they definitely don't trust you for that there's one other benefit Tyler, that i wanted to touch on too because one of the things that we work with gyms oftentimes are in the top certainly the top five things, the gyms that we work one-on-one with inside of the gear Academy. When we start doing consulting, we working with these spots It is consistent. Uh, the top five things, this item is always on it for every gym that we're working with. And this has to do with referrals. Yeah. Like referrals are always on there. How do I get referrals or a misunderstanding of what referrals are of whether or not word of mouth and all that kind of stuff. Right. But it's always in the top five of wanting to get leads. And then how do they have, how do they get referrals from their existing people? And the fact is, is if you look at this, if you're going down the path of sniffing your own farts and being a, a total douche about everything, it's you, you fix one person, you hook one person, you, yeah, yeah. You well, fix one person, you, you, you know, right. You, you take advantage of their trust in predatory practices on purpose or through ignorance. How many referrals is that person really going to give you? over the lifetime that they're going to be in your spot. None. Most of the time, none, right? Most of the time it is, it's none. Like if you, you can, you can have a super referrer that gives you a bunch of people, but this is for the same reasons that, that shit, all those terrible fucking gym launch bait and switch challenge plays 
fucking are kind of not don't work in the long run anyways because you trick people to get them in and then it's very disingenuous and then now mm-hmm. you're not getting any referrals that's why it's short term that's why those people end up jumping ship and those gyms end up in a long-term price for their credibility in the long run and and humans they're not they're not professional networkers and professional marketers People that come and want to work with you, they may really like you. They may stay with you for well over a year. They may be there for now two years and they may never have given you a referral because they're fucking paying you. They like your business. They like what you're doing. They like how it's working for them, but because they don't immediately become an MLM slut and start trying to whore out their entire family list and their friends list. Well, hey, have you have you refers who are your five you got five friends? How about can you give me their emails and their phone numbers? Like who are your people? Like it's it, it you get too careful especially with those other groups. Like we would call it like the gym launch tactics and strategies. It's like could you would you be willing to like sell your family's information to us? Would you be willing just to give us all your whole, it's like Google fucking asking to link up with your contacts. Like, well, we would like to be able to have your contacts list just because it'll help you use the app better. It's the equivalent. Yeah. And so because we're for, because that, so it's, you do the disingenuous shit for this one person. They're just not going to give you refer like based off of the averages, you just are not going to get from one person. Like that's a, that, that is a serious volume game. But if you then don't do all that stupid shit, and you build, we talk about this ecosystem, you build these partnerships across a nutritionist, a massage therapist, a physical therapist, a mental health professional. And all of a sudden what you do is how many referrals do you think you're going to get from those individuals? If, if you are an area where it's you're helping kids, where guess what? Childhood fucking obesity is a major goddamn problem probably would do you some good to have done any type of networking or relationship building from fucking pediatricians in the area. Yeah. So there's this element where it's like how many referrals, and I'll tell you right now that when those things do get built, those partnership, um, you know, cabal type shit that you can build up in a community, but for good is you really can have this genuine ecosystem where people are able to get the help that they need from people that are really good because you're doing business with those people and talk about word of mouth and talk. I mean, the reality is you can go to a pediatrician and when they say, Oh, your kid got hurt. They were playing sports. They got hurt. Where are they going to do physical therapy? And you say the name of the place and they go, Oh man, they're the best. We refer so many people to them so much more valuable then all of a sudden trying to pretend to be something you're not. And this works so much f- so much uh, more thoroughly than simply referrals as well. This ends up Correct. essentially, these partnerships actually end up being lead generation tactics. Exactly. Because if phys- physiotherapist A has a client for whatever reason, let's say it's a knee, let's say it's your, it's your, your father-in-law comes in with a bum knee. Yep. Had surgery, had it replaced, and they get it fixed up. And then he's got to work with this dude. He's sitting there just doing fucking hamstring curls and calf raises and tib raises and, you know, just slowly walking on it. And just, you know, all of the gradual progressions to get somebody from, frankly, like a scale of one to a hundred, a zero to like a 15, right? There's so many people that are come off that, that now that that, that physiotherapist, if that physical therapist gave a shit, about this person's knee feeling better in the end, what are they going to say? Listen, man, you're 400 pounds. Mm-hmm. Weight's got to come off. You need to lose weight. Like I need you to lose some weight and you need to be moving in order to do this. And I, I need you to move in a way that's not going to fuck it up. So don't take up skateboarding. You know what I mean? Don't go skiing, right? There's a trainer down the road here who I know, who I trust, who I can send him your information, let him know what to look out for. Um, they do some nutrition coaching there so they can help you get the weight off without wearing and tear, wearing you, wearing your shit down and breaking you even worse. And in my opinion, that's a conversation that now makes a lot of sense. That person, that, that physiotherapist is not going to go send, I'm going to send you to this guy who says he can fucking fix knee pain. Right. It's just not, he's like, no, 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 no. This is all a part of a much longer process. And by the way, some of y'all motherfuckers just ain't been around long enough to know that sometimes your shit just hurts because it hurts. 
it's not not because of your emotions and it's not because of something that you can move through everything. Sometimes you need a break, John. My shoulder has been in absolute disarray for going on almost two years now. And the amount of (laughs) people like, oh, well, what corrective exercises should you do? What corrective exercises should you do? Or, Mm -hmm. well, the right shoulder, Jesus, some of that. The emotion stuff's the dumbest shit out there, by the way. That I fucking hate. It's the dumbest. But the oh, the right shoulder. Oh, can you be around your family over the holidays? It's because of your right shoulder. You know, you're gonna that's that's Jesus fucking Christ. No, I did jujitsu. You ever get fucking kimura and hear your shit just shred, buddy? Like sometimes people who play real sports have real injuries. Instead of just speculating about the cause of these things, it's like, no, shoulders fucking tore up. Find a way to just Train enough to not slip, to not backslide on your overall health, right? Train enough to make some physical progress and give the shoulder a rest, which is basically what I've done, John, for a year and a half of keeping it slow. And everyone's all fuck it up because I still train. I'm fine in the right. line, but I still train. The right. Last month and a half now, two months now, it's been like, dude, it's great. Did I fix yeah. my shoulder, John? No, I rested it. And I, I, so I trained in a way that didn't fix my shoulder. I just trained in a way that stayed away from this problem. I wasn't rubbing right. sand into the wound all the time. And is my shoulder better? No. Am I ever going to bench press 475 pounds again? No. Like, no. Let's be honest. No, it's not going to happen. Could it happen if I was going to put all my eggs into that basket? I mean, maybe, but I don't care to. Right. So, like, the being the fix-it guy, isn't it? Just be the guy that's there for them when they need you. And the ethical piece that you and I keep calling out, it's not fear mongering because the one thing you have to realize is if you, if, if this continues to encroach into the mental health industry and into physical therapies industry, you will be sued by those organizations. Yes, by organizations that you cannot fight that litigation with. This is the problem with, you know, when Coca-Cola was going at CrossFit, they were, they were going at CrossFit, like CrossFit wasn't suing Coca-Cola because of the sugar. That's not it. That's just one of the things that they were bringing up in the process. Coca-Cola, CrossFit was suing Coca-Cola because Coca-Cola was funding studies and trying to make sure that CrossFit became essentially illegal to coach unless you had some other certification. So it was mm-hmm. basically going to completely invalidate their certification structure. So they were trying to make all these studies and see CrossFit is dangerous. So everybody who's going to be a personal trainer has to have one of these other certifications funded by Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola. And the organization was just a lobbying play that Co- that CrossFit had to fight against because they were just trying to basically really box him in legally. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like it was the it was the equivalent of how uh, labor unions and stuff like that try to keep Uber out of cities. Right, right. They, have taxi, they already have taxi cab structure. Those those structures that are already in place are defending that structure. Okay, so that's what that was. Okay, back then. Now y'all are going to get this with like the giant medical apparatus. You personal trainers are out making this claim. And I don't know if you saw what 2020 was, but that medical apparatus can do some shit, whether it's right, wrong, ethical or not. Like they can make a lot of people believe a lot of things. And if you want to fight against it, you better have the pocketbook to do it. So I'm telling you, I'm warning you, stay the fuck in your lane. I just, I don't understand the urge to get so big for your britches. If you just would fucking help people. And you would help people actually accomplish what they came there to accomplish. Stop redirecting their goals. Okay. And just do it. Just do it. Be the person that helps people get fit. If you're about off-season performance, be the person that gets kids in really good shape, gets them durable, strong, athletic, powerful, fast, right? That's your fucking job. Okay. Be the person that gets somebody when the PT gets done, gets them from zero to 20, zero to 25. Be the person that gets them from 25 to 65. Yeah. And then get some weight off them and, and, and gives them some longevity, gives them a higher quality of life. But you don't have to sell that. You just can be you and do it well. Like we're all focusing on the wrong thing when you mm-hmm. do this other stuff. It sucks. It sucks. And everybody knows it. Everybody knows you're not equipped to do it. I've never seen a single coach that posts about this subject that's not laughable to the general public. The general public is like, what the fuck is this? No. <laughs> like everybody who sees it, who's not in your tight little circle of losers is laughing at you rightfully. So until the lawyers come or until you actually fucking hurt somebody or actually drop the ball in a mental health situation, now you're really fucked. 
and be humble enough to have people that can partner with you because like you do physical therapists do want to have good ethical, um, knowledgeable personal trainers in their network because most person, most physical therapists and most physical therapy places, they don't have, it's not like the client that we work with. They don't have a, a gym that's also attached that has separate personal trainers that are completely separate from physical therapy. Cause you know what a physical therapist doing all day? Fucking physical therapy. Yeah. That's what they're doing all day. They're full of clients that are having insurance get paid. Like it's, it's a different business. And so the idea that it's, they, and they know what their limitations are. They, they are going to have woes where they understand where their industry starts and ends and how much good they can do. I guarantee you it, it tears up good physical therapists just as bad to know that they only get to get somebody to 15 from zero to 15. You only get to see them 12 times. They can't, they can only go so far and they can only focus on one part of the body and they can't legally deviate, even though they know the hand bone is connected to the neck bone, right? Like, even though they know these things interact, you can't, right? Insurance doesn't allow. So there's so many pieces where they know that that is where they can't do it. And so they would benefit and how good nutritionists, of course, because here's the issue. This overreach is happening in all of these. Yes. Like the idea of a nutritionist that then is going to give like a fitness or a workout routine. I would where the fuck, like, like where the fuck do you think they're getting that from? And so it's understanding like it's, we're going hard from one particular angle because it's our angle, but it's this mistake and overstepping and blurring of lines is happening all over the fucking. I'd go the same distance with having a physical therapist tell me about how to get somebody to put on 40 pounds of fucking muscle over the next handful you know what i'm saying like like if someone needs to get big and jacked i was like yeah don't take that from the the fucking rehab guy right i'm the fucking big jack guy. let's stay in our foot i'll stay in my lane you stay in fucking yours but the truth is too is like as a as a personal tra- personal trainer i want to know which physios which rehab specialists, which chiropractors who are actually about, and nutritionists who are actually about the things I'm about, right? I do yeah. not want to send somebody to a physio, physical therapist who is going to be the person who says, well, you just can't be lifting weights anymore. Because that shit's that real. That ain't it. And that's real, by the way. I'm the same way with doctors. I've had people go in with a shoulder injury and the doctor's like, yeah, you just can't be benching anymore. Okay. Well, can I do it now? Probably just no pressing or like over it, nothing. So can we get to a point where I can do something that doesn't hurt? Or is this thing just off limits forever? Well, that's a non-solution, right? So if there's a surgical solution that can get this person doing the things they like, by the way, I don't think everybody should bench press and I don't anymore, but I know guys who would absolutely go through a surgery and fucking 12, 14 months of recovery so that they can start over from scratch and bench press because they love it so much. So I want a doctor physio, everybody else on my team that I want to refer somebody to, it's about getting them what they want. Okay. If I get a guy that wants to take all the fucking sauce in the world, cause he wants to be a world champion. Okay. Am I going to, I'm fine. I'll, I'll, I'll try to make sure <laughs> those are your priorities. I'll warn you of them. If it's beyond a line that I'm willing to, to deal with then yeah, I will not participate in such a thing, but somebody has got to be there for these people and their goals are their goals. And it's really important that we not reappropriate them for them, that we not just like redirect it completely. And that's what happens when you go and it's like, oh yeah, your shoulder hurts. Yeah, stop lifting. Okay. So like it's that 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 thing happens, and you need to know that like it's it's all the same. That that person in my eyes is then a, a bad doctor. That's a doctor who I would not recommend anybody to go with. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a doctor. Anytime one of my clients says they have a bit of a thing and they want to go get it looked up, like don't go to fucking him though. Go to someone who's gonna who who is gonna weigh the who's gonna balance the scales between what this injury is and what your desired quality of life is. Okay. And that's the equation I want with as far as when I am deciding who I want in my client's corner that I'm gonna recommend. For those of you out there, like be somebody that a physio like a that a good physio would rec- would refer somebody to. Be that person, make those relationships. Don't take on an adversarial relationship with these organizations, with these with this entire field an adversarial relationship with that field is going to be very terrible for you because people will always trust them more than you always the general public white coat baby it's a white coat yeah 
Yeah. And I was just talking with a client the other day. He was like, you know, going in and seeing a doctor. And he's like, he was kind of commenting on, man, these fucking doctors, though. He's like, they walk in the room and everybody's so up their ass. Like somehow they're under the impression that every single thing that they, that every single subject that comes up that they're the experts on, it's because they've just been spent all day getting, you know, treated like the expert. So I get it. But these coaches are the worst. John, these coaches get like a little bit of expertise and a little bit of clout and they just turn into fucking monsters. It reminds me of when like the dorks got a hold of the internet and all of a sudden there's just dorks bullying people. And you're like, wait a minute, I thought this was supposed to go the other way around. It's exactly what y'all are doing. So don't be a fucking dork. Stay in your lane. Do your thing. Do it well. People will trust it in the long run. Um, that's got us going for, and that's got us all we're going to do for today. Uh, what do we got to do here, John? Yeah. All we have to do is we got to say goodbye and we're going (laughs) to follow the gym owners podcast on Instagram at the gym owners podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at jbanksfl, and you can follow Tyler at Tyler F and stone on Instagram. That's Tyler E F F I and stone. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.